Welcome to the Ted Lasso Podcast, where the Lorehounds, your pundits for the Premier Football League. I'm John. And I'm David, and this is our coverage of the Apple TV original series, Ted Lasso. In this podcast, we'll be sharing our favorite laugh out loud moments before running down our top three moments from season three, episode four, The Big Week. Be sure to stick around at the end of the podcast for programming notes about our podcasting schedule for the rest of April. Quick housekeeping, for early access to ad-free episodes and exclusive content, visit patreon.com slash thelorehounds. If you're enjoying our content and want to give us a leg up, leave us a review and or rating on Apple Podcasts. Ratings help our standing in the Premier Leagues. I mean the podcast rankings. (laughs) Plus, they give John and I warm fuzzies. A quick reminder that for this season of Ted Lasso, we're just doing some short recaps, but to make these podcasts a bit more fun, we're asking for your help to break down these episodes, send in your favorite laugh out loud moments, as well as comments on any of the plot lines that we've not covered. So typically the Ted Lasso episodes are showing up at 9 p.m. on Tuesdays, which should be Wednesday midnight for Greenwich Mean Time. Uh, And that means that we're going to be recording our episodes uh, usually on Thursdays. So you've got a couple of days to get your feedback in, and we want to be able to have that so we can include it in the recording. Send emails to lorehounds at thelorehounds.com or head to our website and either use the voicemail feature or the contact form. You can also post a message in our Discord server, and we can include those as well. Link is in the show notes if you want to join the conversation there. All right, John, uh, just quickly, what did you think of this episode? Uh, This had the most one-liners for me that made me chuckle. Oh, really? I I think so. I think I was was chuckling for most of the episode. Nice. I couldn't even tell you what half of them were. They were just so quick. (laughs) But I was just in a constant state of delight. Uh, Part of that, I think, was it was a a tense episode that needed a lot of humor. Mm -hmm. And uh, it delivered, right? It didn't feel out of place either. I thought that every joke felt well-delivered. And every joke felt like it was adding something to the discourse, adding something to the conversation that was happening and adding something to the themes, especially, you know, Ted sort of confronting this whole non-confrontational thing he has. Right. And uh, so I I thought it was great. I thought it really moved a lot of things forward. I love what they're doing with, you know, Ted and Nate's relationship. That is is something that is a long time coming. I think that uh, we we were a lot of us were disappointed with sort of where we left that last season. It just felt uh-huh. very incomplete, and yep. I'm really glad that we're finally seeing that flushed out. So, what did you think about it? This one last week, I was busting a gut every other minute. Uh, this one, I was way more. It, this one hit me in the feels a lot harder, uh, and it felt. My reaction to it was one uh, much more of a, a somber and emotional and soulful. Um, and yeah, there's good punctuations of humor, but it didn't have me uh, side-splitting like last uh, season okay. did, or last episode sure. did. That sure. said, I really enjoyed this episode. I watched, I've watched it uh, twice now. I think we'll watch it again with my spouse tonight. Um, there's so much depth going on here, and it's so hard to podcast about this show doing this our short form uh, experiment here. I know My- I had to I had to add a comment <laughs> in our outline. Stop expanding this podcast. <laughs> yeah, because I'll just go and go and go and go. Uh, at the bottom of our outline, I've just got all these notes that I just have to leave on the on the cutting room floor. It's it's really frustrating. So. 
really, really, really please write in. And, and uh, if you don't hear us talk about a, a theme that you are interested in, drop us a quick note, drop it on the Discord, tag one of us so we can get it in because there's too much to cover uh, just between the two of us. But otherwise, yeah, really good. The one thing about one critique about this episode was there was some bad, eh, less than good green screen stuff going on when they had the coaches on the side of the soccer pitch. And it was like, uh, it was a little bit off. It was fine. It didn't take me out of the verisimilitude, but I noticed it. Yeah. Uh, And again, this is not really that kind of show anyway, right? You know, it's, it's, we're focused on the dialogue. We're focused on the characters. We're not really focused on any like beautiful moments. You know, we're not, we're not judging the, the flight into Mandalore. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, so it was fine. All right, should we get into the episode synopsis? Let's do it. It's the week of Richmond's first match with Coach Nate's West Ham United. Ted wakes up next to Sassy Smurf and asks her on a real date. She tells him God no and that he's a mess, which the Diamond Dogs and Rebecca confirm. The team discovers that the Believe sign was ripped in half, and Trent, Beard, and Roy find the footage of Nate ripping it up. Both Nate and Ted are politely pressured by their bosses to win their match. Nate agonizes over whether to apologize to Ted, then unsuccessfully tries to woo the hostess of his favorite restaurant with his new job, succeeding only in wooing her manager. When arriving at the match, Nate tries to apologize to Ted, but abandons the apology when Rupert sees him. In the first half of the game, Nate outstrategizes Richmond. Rebecca panics about losing to a taunting Rupert. Behind Ted's back, Beard and Roy show the video of Nate to the team, who becomes enraged and spends the second half of the game assaulting the other team (laughs) and getting penalties. Richmond loses and Nate accidentally snubs Ted. Beard and Roy ask Ted to berate them, but he lets them off easy. Rupert warms up to Nate at the celebration party and presents him with a date while flaunting his own affair that Rebecca discovered. At home, Ted confronts Michelle about dating their ex-therapist. Boy, a packed episode, huh? It's seriously packed episode. And we're, what, four episodes in on a, yeah. what is it, a 12? 12 episodes, so we're 12 a third episode. of the season in. Just like Ted says, there's a lot of football left in the season, boys, oh, yeah. so let it, let's move it along. John, your favorite, your, the, the moment that had you laugh out loud the loudest? I would say the team glaring at Nate one by one. Nice. Really yeah. had me just yeah. just down the line, and Nate just like, you know, he's been a tough guy the whole the <laughs> right. whole season, and all of a sudden he's like, oh oh oh, what's happening? I uh, I, I enjoyed that one. It was it was fun to see him squirm a bit. How about you? Uh, I really struggled because there were several. Yeah, uh, I have to go with Jamie's headlamp, Roy's headlamp. Sorry, at no, Jamie, no, Jamie's, right? no, Jamie's headlamp. Oh, okay, okay. At the at the end of the at the end of this ep- episode, when Roy knocks on his door, and they set it up at the beginning, right? So when Nate, he's like, "Well, how can you see?" And Roy puts on his little headlamp. When Jamie comes out of the door on that okay. uh, that second knock, he's got this big old effing car headlight strapped to his head. Okay. It's got like five lights okay. on it, and is he he's goes, ready to go. he goes, "Let's go, coach." And it was a perfect comic timing because he knocks on the door, the door opens, and then J- there's Jamie with this like honking, 
you know, uh, thing. It's <laughs> like the biggest lead lamp you could headlamp you can buy on the market. Right. Um, so it was beautiful. I, I got to smuggle one in, and that was just the callback to. Uh, uh, she vomited when um, Sassy was talking about how much red wine she vomited up, and it was at, like the elevator from the Shining. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh, that was I just good. Ha- I got to smuggle that one. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was that was super funny. The the Shining comment. Yeah. All right, I think it's time to go into our top three moments. Hundred percent. David, what is your top moment? Uh, it's got to be Tate. Tate and Ned. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> Ted and Nate. Very different um, characters. Yes, exactly. The something that that I caught on my second watch, and it was there, but I it didn't really connect it, was that both Nate and Ted have little figurines of each other. Ted's is a, a Lego, and Nate's is like a kind of a, a some sort of toy soccer game. And when he flicks the ball, the ball knocks Ted off, and Nate sort of you know, twirls his mustache and goes, oh, so sorry. (laughs) But then he picks him up and puts him back on the playing field with all the other little figurines. And then there's a soulful moment and some soulful music. And you can see that they're telegraphing us to us that there's something good still inside of Nate. Father, I can sense the good in you. Uh, And so we can, you know, start to see that there's a, they're shaping the trajectory now of, of what's going to happen between these two. And then it, there's a parallel. There's a couple of things that are going on. I mean, there's obviously the whole thing of Ted being a mess and holding in his carbon dioxide, uh, which is sort of poisoning him. And the anger of the team is like the anger that's inside of Ted. But Ted's not really angry at Nate. He's angry at other stuff. So there's some interesting paralleling and inverting going on there. Um and then, obviously, the whole Palpatine uh, part of Rupert oh, yeah. here, wooing. Big, big Palpatine energy. Big Palpy. Yeah, bringing him back to the dark side, grooming him. And when he sits down, uh, when Rupert sits down with Nate at the, his desk, at Nate's desk, and says, Nate, you've done nothing wrong. You've earned this, um, this job. I really was being wooed. I mean, the, the acting that was being delivered there was, was great. And, um, you know, it, it was really kind and and honest but we know we can't trust rupert he's very very sinister you know it's funny i was watching with my wife and she was like it's like darth vader and palpatine and i was like yep she goes, i got it right <laughs> <laughs> good job she's not a star wars fan but she did know that one i i've got it and then there's just a, a during the overall arc of that this little story lit here this mini story there's a couple of things that i just thought were uh, perfectly hilarious and and added the levity that we need uh, for balancing out the seriousness of the relationship um one of them is just the physical comedy of nate trying to rip the sign like he gets up on a wheelchair <laughs> yeah. and he goes whoa uh that was that was brilliant that was uh, inspired and then the reveal in the elevator and i knew nate was going to be in the elevator and then we got to the end and there's like he's not there and then Ted steps to the side, and they've done this a lot in this in this season so far, like with Zava and Ted, you know, blocking yeah. each other. They're doing a lot of of that, which I think is fun and cute. And then when Ted steps aside, and then we see Nate in the corner there, it was both hilarious and touching and sad, sort of all in the moment, which is, I think, the totality of of the relationship between these two guys. Well, and I think that the fact that they had a panic attack coming on to Nate in episode one 
I think shows Nate's, Nate's panic attack or Ted's. Nate, I I think in episode one when uh-huh. he was giving the the press conference, they were doing the sound effect. Oh right, yes, yes, Ted's, I forgot about that. Uh, mm-hmm. Panic attacks. Yeah, uh, for Nate. And I think that they're kind of trying to show, you know, these are two people with insecurities, right? And, yeah. and Ted is Ted is working to approach his. Nate is only getting validation of his bad coping mechanisms from mm-hmm. his boss. All right, John, what is your number one? My number one would be Ted's monologue to Michelle. Oh. Uh, it, it was just so, first of all, amazingly delivered, right? I mean, uh-huh. I mean, Jason Sudeikis is just giving us a masterclass in in selling an emotional line I, I i don't even know how to describe it it was just he came from a place of love while still expressing his anger yep and he didn't do a laundry list he didn't say well it's bad because it was unethical he i think in his head he goes well she knows that it was bad right like mm-hmm. she that's why she hid it that so she knows that it was bad and right. i'm i need to just tell her that i'm not comfortable with it that i it it bothered me Mm -hmm. because i can't lie to myself anymore because that's why i'm drinking all the time that's why I'm. yeah notice right he he puts the drink down he doesn't take a drink he puts it down and he goes and deals with it yeah he stopped his self-medication right really good point he needed to actually he you know he wanted the cure instead of the the treatment Mm -hmm. right so yeah it was uh it was super sad to see I, i think it really struck a nerve with michelle Okay. I think she, the way she looked at the end was like, yeah, I fucked up, mm-hmm. you know, because. But I also detected, and this, I think it, this could have been there at, at both levels, which is, again, great acting on, on all of these guys' parts, was that she's also proud and happy that Ted is emotionally maturing, right? He's actually <laughs> able yeah. to express something other than uh, hyper-optimism. Right, right. He's actually in touch with his real feelings as yeah. opposed to, to glossing them over. Yeah. I mean, the the whole thing, the more I think about this ex-therapist thing, the more bothered I am about it. I mean, <laughs> We got some feedback about that, so we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll definitely touch on it when we Yeah, let's talk about that later. But yeah, yeah I, I really like how he, you know, he, he doesn't say like, well, we're, we're, he doesn't only say that we're stuck together. He says, I love you and yes. I love Henry. And I, and I didn't and get I love that, our that was family. a romantic hug uh, a romantic love that was a room that was a i love the fact that you are my child's mother and the fact that we can have a good co-parenting relationship right and he does love her just not in a romantic way right love is a multifaceted thing although he 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 probably still has some feelings but uh yeah but i mean he it takes a while for you to come come off your ex right like as as um as uh, what's her name? Sassy Smurf. Uh, Sm- Sassy Smurf says, "You know, I'm I'm just a mess three years further on." You know, yeah. So, yeah, you know, he's yeah, still like unpacking that. it. Yeah. I like that. I mean, aren't we all just unpacking stuff for the rest of our lives? Basically, yeah. We we live in this happy-go-lucky uh, zone until we hit uh, preteen and then teen years, and then the rest of our life is in therapy. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, right. But yeah, it's. I think it's. I think you you touch on a really good point. Is that families can look like a lot of different things. Yeah, and yeah. Um, for whatever reason, the circumstances are they have to co-parent. And I think Ted is making the affirmative choice to co-parent with love, rather than animosity and antagonism and hurt feelings and bringing all that into the relationship. 
he's choosing something different and that's beautiful. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So let's move on to the next moment. David, what's your number two? Uh, it's Nate and Jade. <laughs> Jade, okay. the hostess at the restaurant he goes to. The physical comedy of him not able to open the door, coming and going both ways, was uh, brilliant, lovely, just so endearing. Um, calling him Jason Jelly uh, had me, uh, <laughs> you know, snuck, uh, um, uh, chuckling. And Jade is just inscrutable. Do we really know what she's feeling? Do we really know what she's thinking? Um, the actress is just playing this great pan flat dead thing. And I think, I think she's starting to take a shine to him. I think I detected a little bit of softening uh. in her, her reaction to him. Because, now hear me out, here's the thing. It's a perfect rom-com gambit. And this whole show, they've been layering in this whole rom-com stuff. I mean, it's the whole rom-com thing and having Ted know all that stuff about those films is a perfect overlay with Jason Sudeikis, right? Because that's part of his, yep. Uh, yep. his cornerstone. Uh, and so I think that they are, I totally think that they are smuggling in some uh, rom-com stuff here with Jade and Nate. So right. I'm looking forward to see that develop. Right, right, yeah. Um I, I'm going to disagree with you. I think that they're going to subvert enough. that because okay. I thought she still looked kind of like, okay, move along after, because Nate, Nate gave her the look, right? After the whole manager bit where he goes, oh my God, you're my hero. Yeah. Take the free right. food. You're amazing. Uh, Nate basically looks at her like, huh? Huh? Yeah. Check and, me out. And she just looks at him like, okay, goodbye. <laughs> That's but what then I got there's a that. final, there's a final, final look. Where she just is kind of like, hmm. Sure, sure. But so, I, I, I think she's more confused than anything. Befuddled. Yeah. <laughs> That's my word of the week. I've been using that on like every befuddled. podcast. She's nice. befuddled. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we've got a, you know, is Joel a monster or a hero? You know, we've got, is, is uh, our Nate and Jade a thing or not? Write in and uh, let, is it, uh, let is John know that he's wrong. Besmirched or befuddled? Besmirched. Besmirched or befuddled? Oh, no, no not, not besmirched. Things. That's the... Uh, but, but what's 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 the word I'm looking for? Let's say betrothed, I, betrothed or befuddled. <laughs> betrothed or befuddled. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. All right, but write in. Let John know that he's wrong. So, all right, fair enough. John, your number two. My number two was Roy's denial of the Diamond Dogs while still participating. He goes on the opposite side of the wall. He closes the door, and then he <laughs> decides to shout the minute that he hears something he disagrees right. with. Yeah. Very funny. I need Trent Krim to be a diamond dog. I think he will be. I mean, he's a... He's Before a, the end of the season. Didn't we try to classify him as a dog species at some point? A dog subspecies, dog breed? Did we? I think, I think we might have. Let's do it now if we haven't. What do you okay. think? What kind of dog is Trent Krim? Ooh, uh, you know, I don't know dog breeds very well. Got a very pumo, po poodle, poodle, poodle hair. Oh, um, that's, that's doing him some dirty. I is think. that doing dirty? Okay. I, I don't know dog breeds. Dirty. I'm not a dog person. I'm All a cat right. person. Uh, I'm a grown person. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Samoyed. Very chill. Uh, okay. Doesn't speak much, but very loud when he does. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. He, Trent has a, a, a very um, smooth exterior and uh, I'm, I'm looking for it. I really do hope because I think if he's a member of the Diamond Dogs, his analysis and insight will be uh, 
very on point. I think that Trent Krim would make an excellent Diamond Dog. I think he mm-hmm. would make an excellent addition to the team. And yeah. you're right, his insights would be valuable. Trent, uh, I still haven't gotten a read on him. You know, I mean, I right. think that yeah. we have we have had some clues that he's a, a good person. We've also had some clues that he's a little bit of a shark. Mm-hmm. And it could go either way. And I do like that tension. It's it's a good it's a good tension ramping up, just like we had the tension of will Nate betray Ted or not last season. Mm-hmm. Right. And we've got stakes with Colin and his relationship from the previous episode. Sure. And there was a moment in the locker room when they were joking about, um, I think Isaac said about the, the TV news anchor, oh, that's my guy. And Colin jokingly says, no, he's mine. And then they do a real quick cut to Trent, like looking up from his notebook and looking right at Colin and going, doing. Yes. You know, yes his radar went off. Yeah. yeah. So um, we've definitely got to see some more of what happens there. And I'm, I'm still hoping that uh, Trent is on the same team as Colin. Maybe. I mean, I, I, think, I, I think it would be fine either way, as long as sure. he's nice to him. <laughs> as long as he's an ally. Yeah. 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 At a minimum. David, what's your number three? My number three is the music overall in this mm. episode. There was a bunch of great songs, and the final song, I think, really was a great cherry on top for the whole episode. The, um, when they're coming off the bus uh, at the West Ham Stadium, We've got the rebirth of Slick, Cool Like That by Diggable Planets, which was a a fun little callback. And then during the soccer match during the the second half, when the Richmond are playing like Italians, which is that was that was very funny. That was a good line. We get uh, Fist Fight by Crisis of Conformity, which I believe was an LA punk band back in the day. Uh, I had a short period of, of punkness in my life, and okay. so that brought back some fun, fun oh, I memories. I thought that was where Joker and the Thief played. Was that Joker and the Thief by Wolfmother? I'm not sure. I just, because I, I remember my, sure wife and I, my wife and I love the song Joker and the Thief. We used to, we okay. used to rock out to Wolfmother. Nice. And because uh, I was in, I think, middle school when that came out. You know, I was, I was just learning to play the guitar, and that album mm. came out. And that, I was like, ah, and also that's such an easy riff to play sure. on the guitar because it's just like, it's, it's just very easy anyway. And right. uh, so it was something that I could play and I could feel like I was on top of the world with this cool riff. That right, I, right. I'm just learning to play the guitar. Feeling the power. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we, when we heard guitar that, we like hero. turned to each other like, yes. <laughs> right. Very it was, cool. it was very good. I thought it was Joker and the Thief, but maybe I'm wrong. No, during the during the actual on pitch confrontations. Oh when yeah, no, red I think cards and stuff. That I was fist that, fight by Crisis yeah, yeah, of Conformity. Yeah. I think yeah. I think uh, Wolf Mother, the Joker and the Thief, was when they were in the locker room and and coming out. Right, that was right. when they first got yeah. hype. Yeah, exactly. So and then the the final song, "Don't Think Twice, It's All Right." Which is a Bob Dylan song, written song, and which is a, and it's a kind of an amalgamation of some folk songs and some other bits and pieces. But this version was the Peter, Paul, and Mary version, which really popular, popularized the song as well. It kind of gave it a second stage booster. Yeah. Um, and it's a really interesting song about a breakup. And in, I think it's like four stanzas. And in each stanza, the uh, narrator is going through different phases of the breakup. You know, the first one is like, well, fine, you know, I'm leaving. 
And then like the second stanza is like, but maybe if you called me back, I would come. And then it sort of ends with this like ironic, well, you know, such is life and, you know, uh, just moving on with my, you know, just got to move on with the, with things. And I just, the, the guitar acoustic, uh, of the song and the lyrics and the tonality just really fit the whole thing with Ted and Michelle. And it just put a, perfect cherry on top of the episode for me. So good job, music producers, for pulling some fun music in this episode. Oh, absolutely. Yep, totally. All right, number three, John. Uh, I really enjoyed Beard and Roy groveling to Ted and asking (laughs) him to hit them and and all that. It it was just very... It was very Ted Lasso. (laughs) It was, you know, I'm... He he was the disappointed dad. Yeah. He just wouldn't, wouldn't yell at them. Which is worse than yelling at them to them, right? Like they just, they just, because if he yells at them, then it's over, right? And then they could, they could focus on what he's saying and right. not on what they did and right. uh, be like, oh, you know, he, he yelled at us. He shouldn't have yelled at us. But no, <laughs> now they have to just feel like assholes for the rest of the day because they and ruined the big game. That was the big game. They that needed was the to big win game. that. And Rebecca had a lot of put a lot of pressure on Ted to win that one. So I know, I know. Oh, and her going. I we should have talked about this. Her going like manic with him. Just yeah, just coming down like it's great. I'm I'm so proud of you. We could do it. Oh boy. And that's that's what I was saying before at the top of the episode was it's so hard to uh, short dissect this uh, show because there I had a whole note section on Rebecca in this episode. You know her interactions with Rupert, her interactions with Bex. Right. Um, I mean, there was some great stuff there. And then, like, she's talking to Ted, like, Ted, I believe in you. Go out. Have fun. And she's trying to do the Ted thing. She's trying to relate to Ted as Ted. Right. And it's not really working. Ted's like, well, this is weird. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was great. He's like, I need you to be a little colder. (laughs) Yeah. Got to be killer. Sometimes it's okay to be a killer. Yeah. You know, I... Beard says. One thing that I was very curious about by the end of the episode was, what is she going to do with the information that Rupert's now having an affair? Ooh, yeah. Because yeah. in some way, I think she's very mad at Bex. And in another way, she's like, Bex is Solidarity. just 10 years ago. You exactly. Know? Yep. And, Did you notice uh, how Bex was uh, um, nagging Rupert a couple of times? Yeah. 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 She, uh, so. when, uh, when Rebecca asks uh, Rupert about uh, how the baby's doing, it said like wandering around drooling and pooping or something like that, and then Bex is like, "Oh, kind of like her, like like her father." Oh man! <laughs> and then when they're leaving, she says, "Come on, old man, it's time to get you home for bed," or or something to that effect. And it was like, "Wow, Bex is like not uh, she's there's some fire there. She's not just a, a yeah wooly eye, you know, like wide eyed youth who's uh, impressed with Rupert, but she's actually sort of taking control of some things here. So well, and that's what Rupert hates. That's why he's having an affair. Is that yeah? He Ooh, likes to have a young person yes. who has yes. no personality Adores. and yeah, just just worships him. Yep. Yeah, and then now we've got this uh, secret sex club. Yeah, what is that? That was yeah. that was wild. There's too much to talk about. We're gonna too we're gonna have to just we're gonna have to move on, David. Call it. Write in, write in, leave a voicemail. Go to our website, write in. Yeah. If you're on the Discord, tag us so that we know that you want your your comment, and we can scrape those up. Uh, speaking yep. of that, we've got one piece of feedback. All right. We have Wandering Not Lost via our Discord, and Wandering Not Lost is a Lorehound Patreon subscriber. So thank you for writing in. Um, 
They say, as a licensed professional counselor in Virginia, I must say that the couples therapist is unethical AF. Not all states have strict timeframes on when you can date an ex-client, but when there is one, it's usually like two to five years after discharge. I think the show said it was like a year and a half. I would report him. Uh, they updated their post and said, out of curiosity, I looked up Virginia's regulations, which are a minimum of five years after dis discharge to start a romantic or sexual relationship. And the counselor is required to document how the relationship is not exploitative. Kansas's regulations are two years after discharge. Also, um, the funniest joke, obviously, referring to last episode, when Ted asks if Zava was possibly in the middle of Virginia somewhere, referring yeah, to yeah. Richmond, Virginia, where we have a soccer team, the Kickers, who actually have their home opener last week, up the ruse. <laughs> Thank you very much, Wandering Not Lost, for that excellent research. John, I think that lends some credence to your uh, cringe factor here. Yeah, I mean, it's it's literally illegal, right? I mean, it's... It's. Uh, I know we talked about. It. It's not. It's not going to get you in court, but right. it could revoke your license. A lot of these, you know, these licensed professions, they have boards. They have like internal yes. boards that allowed to regulate themselves. Yeah. And and they. I mean, this guy probably could have his license suspended or even yeah, revoked, um, depending on the severity. I was talking with Wondering Not Lost a little bit on the Discord of kind of follow up, and they were saying that it could affect your insurance. Uh, yeah, yeah, which yeah. could infect your ability to be licensed and, and and your ratings and standards. So it could have like really serious professional ramifications. Yeah, you may not end up in in the county lockup, but you're going to take a big hit professionally. Right. Exactly. It's not a joke. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, it, it's very concerning to me. I'm glad I'm glad we got this feedback. So thank you, wandering not lost. Uh, remember to send in email to lorehounds at thelorehounds.com. Head over to our website, thelorehounds.com slash contact. Uh, you can use the voicemail feature. It's super easy. Just click the button and the web uh, browser will record you. It'll send us the audio clip and then we can drop that right in. And of course, uh, pop onto the Discord if you want. John, our outro Patreon shout out. Thank you so much to our Lore Master patrons and to all our patrons. Um, but a quick rundown of our top tier supporters Samartian, Cyrus, Mark H. Michael G, Michelle E, David W, Brian P, Nick W, SC, Peter O H, Bettina W, Adam S, Nancy M, Lavinia T, Duve 71, Brian 8063, Frederick H, Sarah L, and Gareth C. What do we have in April for programming notes, John? Just a quick reminder, we have uh, our Patreon-exclusive Second Breakfast tomorrow. Uh, that's going to be on Eggs and Raising Arizona. It's very, uh, it's, a, it's a raucous episode. I think we had a lot of fun making it, and we still have to record the second half of it after this. Yes, right. But, after uh, this. Back I'm kind of glad because we got a ton of Star Wars news. Speaking mm, yes. of Star Wars, we are covering The Mandalorian every week, so check that out on our Firehose feed. Uh, we also just did a Bad Batch episode on uh you know on on the star wars animation and and bad batch and visions which you recapped volume one for us yep enjoyable and also if you haven't checked it out uh the lorehounds play with brandon the bard we covered uh the last of us part 1a and we're going to do part 1b in the next couple of weeks so keep an eye out for that thanks so much for being with us and we will see you soon the Lorehounds podcast is produced and published by The Lorehounds. You can send questions and feedback and voicemails at thelorehounds.com slash contact. 
Get early and ad-free access to all Lorehounds podcasts at patreon.com slash the Lorehounds. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities. Thanks for listening.